Hi friends and welcome back to For the Record. I am one third of FTR, Angel, and I am joined by my lovely hermanas, Imani and Cherie. If you'd like to know information about us, please keep listening, but also note that you can check us out on our Insta at For the Record Brand and find us on Twitter at FTR Brand to also get the scoop on us. We have some great discussion and topics to come, so I'll pass it over to Imani to get into it. Hi, everyone, and thanks, Angel, for that awesome introduction. I'm super excited to be here today. If you didn't already know, you are now listening to episode six of our podcast, Making Your Own Opportunities, Networking, Resumes, and Branding Yourself. If you want to hear more about this topic and learn how to best market yourself, then be sure to stay tuned. That being said, I'll go ahead and let Cherie get us started today. Thank you, Imani. So I'm going to start us off with the first question. How can you use social media to network? So we've mentioned Clubhouse before, which I think is still a good way to meet people and share ideas within your niche or simply learn something new by joining a room or topic where you can meet new people, other like-minded individuals or otherwise. Um, I don't really use it as much now since it's kind of fallen off to an extent. But also Instagram and TikTok, I would say that those are some really great apps to connect with other people. And I would say to simply be open to reaching out to people who are doing cool things or working um, cool jobs that you could see yourself doing and just reach out through DMs, find their emails. That way you can spark a conversation, gain some insight, get some advice, bounce around ideas for potential ways to connect and work with each other. I feel that making and keeping connections is so important as you never know who you're going to meet and how they can impact your life and how you can impact theirs. So just take that leap of faith. Yeah, I definitely see that, Angel, and agree. But to me... It really seems like social media was essentially made for networking, just like a way to keep in contact with people near and far. It's really evolved over time, but I would say that most people use it with the primary goal of connecting with others. So whether that's simply staying in touch, getting your brand or product out, showcasing your talents, or you could just be using it for information consumption and output too. So from that, you can really see that everyone likely has intentions and or reasons for why they are on social media. And that can differ by the type of social media since you have some platforms that are more professional in a way like LinkedIn versus Facebook and Instagram or even Clubhouse. But I think we can all agree that there's plenty of variation when it comes to the types of social media platforms as well as who is in certain people's social networks or social media friends list, et cetera. And with that specifically, I wanna say that maybe these differences can sometimes even put people at a greater advantage when in reference to networking goals. But to best utilize social media for networking, I'd really suggest first getting an account or accounts plural, depending on what your networking goals are. If you are really trying to make connections with those in your area of interest, then get on as many platforms as you can and do outreach. That can be overwhelming though, because it can be hard to keep up with them all. But in regards to my professional career, personally, I found LinkedIn to be a pretty good platform in gaining professional relationships or connections and finding positions or job opportunities. 
It also let me upload my resume and easily showcase my skills. And next, I would say to just make sure you have a professional picture or a picture that maybe somehow captures or speaks to your abilities. Otherwise, something lags, but not too lags should do. I mean, I think I still have my graduation picture is my profile picture on LinkedIn. So I definitely need to update mine. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty much just be professional, but yourself, I would say. And lastly, engage, engage, engage. If you are not active on social media, then you aren't really using it to its best ability. But at the same time, it's okay to not be on there all the time because balance is key. But still, if you're able to get on frequently, like at least two to three times a week to like reach out to prospective contacts that can assist you in meeting goals, then do it. So yes to using social media for searching, researching, and seeking out people that can add to your experience. That means messaging, DMing, and or commenting and liking. And I mean, also in those interactions with those you've connected with, I do think that it's important to make sure you're clear in your messaging of your interests and intended end goals. And also it's a good idea to just stay in touch depending on the contact. So try and foster relationships on social media if you can and see that it is beneficial to you. Lastly, don't be discouraged if you don't connect with someone that you would like to. As I'm saying this, I'm, I really thought of me DMing Drake, like, and the no response. I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> Anyways, you know, don't give up if you don't get a response. There are tons of other opportunities available. And who knows, maybe one day they will respond. It's true now. I definitely agree with both of you guys. And social media, I believe, gives people the opportunity to create a brand for yourself um, and or your business, et cetera, and market and promote it to people on the internet and across the world. I feel like when I first started using social media, it was more so to get connected with the people I already do know. But now that I am searching for people that I can connect with outside of people I already know, it's definitely a great place to start when it comes to trying to expand your business and find people who you can collaborate with. I also believe if you use social media effectively, you can make your business more accessible to people who aren't local and communicate and create and collaborate with those interested in the field you're trying to market. Also, certain social media platforms are better than others when it comes to what particular connections you're trying to make with people. So just consider those things before you decide on what platform you kind of want to utilize. For example, LinkedIn is a little bit more professional compared to Tinder. So <laughs> make your choices wisely. And from there, you should be able to enter yourself into an environment where you can find the people that you're looking for. Yes, well I 100% agree. Do not use Tinder like it's <laughs> I mean... <laughs> oh, <God>. please <laughs> but those were some really great points from you guys I wanted to ask you guys what is your elevator pitch okay I guess I will go hello pleasure to meet you my name is Imani and I work as an epidemiologist for a nonprofit organization here in Nashville. Under my role, I assist with monitoring and tracking data on various health outcomes and also provide support 
through tailored recommendations and public health interventions. My interests are in infectious disease and women's health, although my job role does include work with addressing the mental and behavioral health of our population of focus, which has been fulfilling. And I do have proficiency in SAS, Excel, SPSS, and STATA, in addition to Microsoft Office and Outlook. <laughs> and I have considerable experience in data validation and analysis, as well as public speaking and presenting scientific or clinical material. How can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's really good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I honestly, I didn't even know what elevator pitch was. <laughs> I mean, I still don't. That probably was too long for an elevator pitch. So yeah, like, I mean, elevator pitch. And, but I mean, I'm glad this is like part of our questions because, you know, when you meet somebody on the spot, you should be prepared to kind of explain who you are and what yeah. you're capable of doing. So this is my elevator pitch. My name is Sheree Ransby, doctor of dental surgery, upcoming independent artist, stage name Sheree Amore, co-founder of For the Record brand slash podcast and an all-around visionary. Okay. I like it. Yeah. That's my... Yeah, I like that. So I ended up making two different ones, but I liked how you were able to like make it into one and show different aspects of yourself. So Mm -hmm. I definitely need to tailor mine and see how I can make things work because I want to shorten it, but here it is. Here's the first one. My name is Angel Ransby. I am a rising 2L with interest in entertainment and music law, as well as interest in pro bono and work in the public interest field. I have a BS in journalism and communications, and I've attained the necessary writing, communication, and problem-solving skills to help assess legal issues and negotiate deals. My writing and legal research skills are exemplified by my published articles and appointment as student legal research representative. And my next one is more tailored to my, I guess, my online image, but my name is Angel Ramsby. I am a blogger who creates content focused on fashion, lifestyle, and beauty and skincare. My demographic is predominantly women in the 18 to 25 age range. I currently run my own social media accounts and produce multimedia content for brand campaigns and PR programs on a monthly basis. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like also when you're actually talking to people and saying, and you know, actually saying your elevator pitch, it's more conversational. So it would have bits and pieces of things that I have just said, but it would be more tailored to who I'm speaking to and Mm-hmm. What, right. the, what the area is the scene like where we are you know yeah I think that's important I think it's fine you have two different ones because it just depends on what environment you're at who's there so I think that's good yeah that made me really think that I should think about incorporating my other stuff into my elevator pitch so I'll be doing that but nice ladies. So do you guys think that you should have separate personal and professional accounts? I'll start off. At the end of the day, it is always your choice, but I say yes. I currently have two accounts. I have a personal account. I have an artist account. And of course, we all have our For the Record podcast account. Right. 
I have these separate accounts. That way I can post content specific posts. And those who view my page know exactly who I am, what I'm promoting. And it's not vague to those that go to my page. Also based on social media's algorithm, the people, pages, posts, et cetera, that are suggested to you will be based on the content you like, post, et cetera. So I think it's very important to know what audience you are trying to attract. So then the algorithm can bring those people to you or those posts to you. Okay. Yeah. I definitely agree with you, Sheree. I think that it depends on you and what your profession is or what you want to get out of that specific social media account. I feel that for me personally, my personal and professional brand at times is kind of synonymous in the sense that there's a lot of overlap. And But in the case of where someone has a business selling something or providing a service, I think, or also even just wanting to brand yourself in a particular way, I think that creating a separate account helps so things are more organized, less cluttered, and so you can separate your business dealings from personal dealings. I feel for me personally, again, that I may have, uh, may make an additional account once I'm actually in practice, just to have a business page. And as you said, we obviously have our official Instagram page for, for the record, in addition to our personal pages. But I guess my only like solely professional social media account, I would say, is LinkedIn. My Instagram is more so a combination of my lifestyle and fashion content, as well as the skincare, beauty content, as I said earlier. And I also end up sharing my political and social views, which ties into my legal profession side, as I said. So that's why I feel like it's kind of more so a whole package one deal, like, yeah. <laughs> it's all, yeah. but I definitely agree like for Sheree like your music account like that's a good idea to mm-hmm. make it separate because as you said like your stage name Sheree Moore yeah check her out too <laughs> yes, yes. trying out here <laughs> also but that being said I say post what you want but also in moderation you know keep some things private have your boundaries. It's very essential True. to do that. You never know who's lurking online. Mm-hmm. Also, in more of a professional sense, you never know who's lurking, like your job. Right. <laughs> True. You never know. But just be cognizant of how you're representing yourself. And yeah, just show your best self out there online. Yes. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Believe that. I follow all of that. Yeah, I would say that you should, but. I do think it depends on what platforms you're on and what you're trying to get out of them. I mean, it's going to range on a person-to-person basis regardless, but personally, I guess I would say yes. And for me, that just looks like using my LinkedIn professionally, then having my personal account on Instagram, but also our For the Record company account. So pretty much like what you guys were saying. And then at the same time, there's even still some overlap, like you mentioned Angel and how your personal Instagram is used because I mean I've also made some professional connections through that they just weren't planned or even expected and so that account kind of has turned into that at the same time or I'm able to use it for those things rather Mm -hmm. and so again yes I think you should have separate types of accounts but like I said earlier it is a lot to manage so do what you can but make sure it's still your best. Mm -hmm. 
Always show up as your best self. Yes. <laughs> okay. I definitely agree with all of you guys' statements. That's really good. So how can you use your resume to brand yourself effectively? So I'll go. I would say just brag on yourself, simply put. Mm -hmm. The power of words also goes a long way on resumes. So simply the way that you word something and using euphemisms in the right diction can really elevate your resume. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'm always using a thesaurus whenever I'm updating my resume. (laughs) Always. Yeah. Like all the suggested word lists out there, utilize those when you're trying to describe your work experience. And one thing I implemented in my resume is writing my hobbies and interests, which I hadn't really done before because I didn't think it was necessary, but it does kind of humanize your resume and adds more personality aside from just listing your experience. And I think also including notable volunteer work, charitable work, and, you know, pro bono work is a great way to represent yourself on your resume as well. Because, you know, you never know, you might have a connection with your interviewer or whoever is reviewing your resume. I definitely agree with that, Angel. Make sure you are being inclusive of your entire skill set. That's definitely one thing I would say. So for example, from my elevator pitch, I kind of threw out some software that I've have experience with and I'm just really highlighting my main strengths, professional experiences, and areas of interest. I mean, your resume should reflect the same thing for the most part, except for it's a little bit more extensive and detailed. Make sure you're selling yourself to your best ability is another thing I would say, but don't put anything on there that is false. (laughs) Because (laughs) no. (laughs) Don't lie. Um, Exactly. As far as a resume specifically goes, I think making an effort to also make things concise, but capture what you need to be seen is important. And one last tip would probably be to link your LinkedIn. I mean, I saw this while reviewing resumes once and I really liked it because it gives some sense of dimension to the application and also allows them the opportunity to learn more about you. So again, like what Angel was saying, humanizing the application, I think that's really important as well. So you can do that with some of these features. I think both of you guys make really good points. And when it comes to your resume, it's a profile of yourself laying out your work, experiences, skills, education, and really anything that makes you unique and sets you apart from others. And what's on your resume or what's on paper is what will open doors for you. So Make sure to add experiences and activities that are relevant to the opportunity you are seeking. And I think that's definitely one way you can brand yourself effectively. Also, the experiences you should be participating in should be bettering yourself in the field of work you are aiming to be in. So make sure you are participating in those activities that are going to show that you are passionate and driven. So whoever is interviewing you knows that that's the goal you're aiming for. Also, always continue to gain more experience to stay on top of your craft and to show interviewers how invested you are. So overall, I think those are some great ways to brand yourself effectively with your resume, especially on paper. That's awesome. I really like those tips, guys. Especially 
the adding your LinkedIn to the resume, I forgot to mention that one. I learned that recently, and it really is a good way to also humanize your resume. But I wanted to know, do you guys know the difference between a resume and a CV? Yes, I do now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but at some point in life, I did not. I mean, I think I learned that maybe a few years ago, maybe four but they both pretty much have the same goal. The difference comes in when you're looking at the length and nature of each, I would say. Resumes are generally shorter than CVs or curriculum vitaes because they are less comprehensive. And CVs often include a complex list of all publications and are seen in the science and medical fields and research most times. And they're just more lengthy and detailed since they do have a lot more information to include. I have a CV and that's what I use to apply to public health jobs or opportunities, but there could be other scenarios where a resume is more suitable, maybe something that I don't have as much experience with. And so there's really not much to list. So yeah. I think you differentiated those two pretty well. And I didn't know what a CV was until I started really applying to dental school and everything like that. So from what Imani said, I know the difference between a resume and a CV is that a resume is shorter and more summarized form of a CV. And a CV is a lot longer. So definitely more comprehensive and showing a layout of more experience when it comes to what career goal you're you're going for. I think that a CV would be more appropriate to use if you are going to professional school, master's program, anything like that, because you want to show individuals or interviewees that your previous experience has kind of built on itself over time. So I think that would probably be appropriate to use a CV and you could use a resume if you have, you know, not too much of experience and you have kind of started your journey when it comes to getting experience and participating in opportunities when it comes to your career goals. Yeah, you guys did a really good job of distinguishing the two. I did not know <laughs> exactly what a CV was, but obviously the term is thrown around, so... You know, I've heard of it, but I didn't really know the exact difference between uh, resume and CV. But as you guys were saying, it is more relevant, I believe, for medical field and like academic work where you can show your research and show your certifications. While the resume is more straightforward, we're more familiar with the resume and usually just is used to show briefly your work history and your skills and as you guys were saying the CV would be like a more comprehensive and detailed version of that including more of your research and the like so I don't have a CV I have a resume so <laughs> that's really the extent of my knowledge on that gotcha nice job ladies with differentiating those two I wanted to ask though what would you guys say are some tips for when communicating with people that have different personalities? 
because I mean, we obviously have to do this in all of our spaces. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think this is a really important question because we're always going to encounter people who are different than us. Everyone has different personalities. So I think the first step I would suggest is to try and find a common ground with those people that you do have a disconnect with, especially if you're going to be working with them in the long run, because you don't want to keep bumping heads with individuals. So you have to learn how to communicate. Communication is very important and it's also very hard to do, but that's kind of where it starts the foundation of coming to a common ground and dealing with people who are different than you and understanding what respect is to them and them understanding what respect is for you. It's definitely impossible to get along with everyone. So, you know, you have to try and resolve these problems and it'll make your life a lot easier when it comes to conflict happening. Also, when I first came into dental school, I took a personality test. Our whole class did actually, just so we would know what everyone's personality was. So we would always be aware who, you know, maybe we would click better with compared to others. And it was just, I feel like a good way to understand each other and understand what makes us alike and what makes us different. And I took the Myers-Briggs type indicator test and I ended up getting ESFJ, which stands for extroversion, sensing, feeling, and judging. So I'll go in depth for each of those letters and what they stand for. So E, extroversion, I think everyone kind of has a general idea what that is. You tend to direct your energy towards the outside world and get energized by interacting with people and taking action and sensing. Sensing focuses on taking in information that is real and tangible, and you focus mainly on what you perceive using your senses. As for feeling, that is relating to decisions and conclusions on your own personal and social values with understanding and harmony with the primary goals. And lastly, judging. Judging is when you typically come to conclusions quickly and you want to move on and take an organized, planned approach to the world. So when I first got this personality test results, I was like, uh, this doesn't sound like me, but you know, I guess all I can really do is trust it. And who knows, I might try and take it again just to see if there has been any changes from when I started dental school to now. So I thought it was pretty cool doing that and kind of comparing with the people I hung out in school, like what is your personality and see if it kind of coordinated the way it did. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's a good idea to do that with like your class and stuff. So I should probably suggest that for my school. Yeah, <laughs> but, <good> um, <laughs> but I did take the DISC personality test and then my results were I'm an SI, I guess. And that is also a counselor personality, which is kind of a cool coincidence because I'm in law school and lawyers are called counselors. But I basically took the test and the results said that I tend to gravitate towards helping others frequently and sincerely, which I would say is accurate. 
it mentioned my approach is very even-tempered and accepting, supportive, and it also suggested that this personality type needs to be communicated with and how people should approach me is with a friendly, agreeable, warm tone and try to relate to me on a personal level, which I think is pretty spot on in my opinion. That's usually how I mesh well with people in a network setting, a job setting. Whenever someone's trying to communicate with me, that's the best way to communicate with me. And then on the other end, that's exactly how I I really enjoy the personality test too because I really got to applaud my job right now for doing this and appreciate them because they always are making an effort to better the culture of the organization as well as its employees, which can be very hard to find. I had to do a personality assessment upon starting and everyone's personality profiles were displayed like outside of their office spaces. We've all been working from home, but while in the office, like you pretty much like before walking in to talk to someone, you could check out their results on their door and then prepare for whatever conversation you were going to have pretty much okay. based on their personality. And like Angel, I also took the DISC personality test and my results ended up showing that I am an S style personality which stands for steadiness. So pretty much I'm even tempered, accommodating, patient, humble, and tactful. Unfortunately, you can't have everyone's personality results on file like that. So (laughs) to best communicate with others that have different personalities, I'd say just actively listen and observe first. Once you do that, you can kind of see how they flow and then you communicate what you need to appropriately. But always, always, I say, be cautious and respectful. That goes a long way and still be yourself, but also make sure you're not overstepping or crossing boundaries. Okay. I feel like both of you guys really dived in on communicating and expressing your personalities and when it comes to others as well. But I wanted to know, what are some ways to set yourself apart and diversify yourself from others on and off paper? So something that you can do on and off paper (laughs) is showcase how you can be valuable and how you'll be an asset. Whether that's by, you know, on paper in your resume or a cover letter, just highlighting your personal accomplishments or if applicable you know, take that opportunity to write a diversity statement and show how you are diverse (laughs) and highlight those diverse qualities within your life. Because yes, diversity is generally, you know, race or ethnicity, but there are other aspects of diversity as well. On paper, you can also definitely mention how your achievements will translate in your new position if you're applying for a job position. Off paper, I would say always be genuine, but also don't be afraid to brag on yourself and show people why they should work with you or why they should hire you. Yes, those are some excellent ways to diversify yourself, Angel. For me, I'd say on paper, I feel I really am able to diversify myself by ensuring that the additions incorporated into my resume or cover letter stand out. Everyone's experience in itself is unique, so that already predisposes us to some diversity, I'd say. But by gaining experiences and being able to talk about those in person and list them on anything you have on paper and plan to circulate 
will help set you apart even more, I'd say. So get exposure and build it out if you can. Those are definitely great points. And I agree with both of you guys. In order to diversify yourself on and off paper, I believe the best way is by gaining experience, participating in opportunities and or holding those positions that are in the field of work you are interested in or put you as close as you can to the field of work you want to be in. Also, you know, really emphasizing your opportunities and your experience to tell the person who is interviewing you how those roles can make you a great candidate for their position. And those experiences that you're participating in and those opportunities are going to make you diverse and make you very unique compared to others, I think. Also, the best way to accomplish that is just by putting yourself in an environment with people you can network and collaborate with to reach those positions. So always be on the hunt to perfect your craft, better yourself, and that's how you'll always be driven to reach your goal or your passion. Yeah, I agree with that. I just want to say also, I think we had mentioned before about volunteer opportunities. That's a really good way for you to kind of gain experience and diversify yourself because, you know, people are always looking for volunteers. And if it's in your area, then go ahead and take a look at it. Just try it out. Yeah, I agree. It's all yeah. experience. Yes, all experience can be good, even when it's unpaid. <laughs> Right. (laughs) But I wanted to know what are some advantages that you can get from networking? The main advantages that I think of are that you have contacts for various opportunities that can help you further in life. That could be short term or long term and also for one or multiple things. A second advantage is that the outreach yields a lot of opportunities that you otherwise would have not known about. I stand by closed mouths don't get fed. So <laughs> if you, if you didn't have some interactions, there's a strong possibility you might have not discovered it or known about it until much later. So reaching out and asking questions is a must if you really want to take advantage of what's out there. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. When it comes to this question, sometimes it's not what you know, but who you know. So (laughs) um, people who are in those positions who can make things happen for you puts you at a complete advantage than others. Not saying that you should not do your own work and, you know, participate in opportunities and get experience. I think adding that on to also networking and getting to know people who are in that field will set you up um, in a great way to achieve your goals. Also, networking can expedite your aspirations to the next level, but you should always come prepared to back yourself up. So always do what you have to do on the back end. Don't always rely on who you know, I think. Also getting that experience sets you apart from others as well. Always be prepared to back yourself up with the knowledge and the experiences you have obtained over time in order to, you know, sell yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. It really is who you know, (laughs) but also do your work as well. Networking really opens up a lot of doors, whether 
that being a potential lifelong contact, references, someone just who can give you career advice or be your mentor, the list goes on, how you can benefit from networking. Personally, as someone who is an introvert, I had to get out of my comfort zone a little bit and put myself out there to be able to network and make the connections that I have. Sometimes it can feel awkward or uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, really the worst thing that could happen is the person you're speaking to just does not mesh well with your personality or they might be a little disrespectful, but don't let one bad experience taint the whole journey. Yeah, as a fellow introvert, I definitely agree with that. And I've had to get out of my shell some to just talk to people and network, but you know, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm still an introvert at heart though. That's, that's just, me. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but I wanted to end by asking you guys, what advice would you give someone who's trying to apply to school, like undergraduate, graduate, professional, or even a job opportunity? I think that's a really, really good question. First, I would advise whoever is, you know, asking to do their research on the place or places earlier on. So get to know the institution, get to know the job opportunity, look online at their website, see what they're offering, see what their mission statement is. And if it aligns with your morals and values, then definitely consider going there or taking the next step. So try to know as much about them so you know exactly what you're getting into. And every opportunity should be an investment to better yourself. So make sure you know exactly what is best for you. Now, as for school, make sure you have your resume, transcripts, reference letters, and have taken and gotten your exam scores back from the SAT, ACT, GRE, DAT, MCAT, et cetera, if those exams are needed. Um, so that also ties into doing your research, see what exams they need, see what scores that they're looking for that will set you apart from other candidates. So the whole process is very competitive. So you need to kind of prepare yourself to set yourself apart from others. Now, I would also recommend applying for scholarships. This will lower your financial burden and financial stresses. I've gotten scholarships in the past and when I was applying for them, I was like, I'm not going to get this or whatever, but you know, you never know. I did get some. So set yourself up in that way. So then when it comes to you graduating from your institution and you know, there's loans, it will kind of depreciate that value when it comes to paying those loans back, or maybe you'll go to school for free. You never know what you might get. <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> also, as for a job, make sure you have your resume, reference letters, exams, you know, if needed, and also have questions for them prepared and have answers for them ready. They are not only interviewing you, you are interviewing them, okay? Mm -hmm. So you are trying to see if they're best fit for you. Yes, they are trying to see if you are best fit for them, but you know, on your end, you have to look out for yourself because most of the time in the business world, they're only looking out for them. But try and find a common ground and compromise with them and make sure you diversify yourself from what, from the other question we were talking about and show them that you are the best candidate for their position. Also for both school and jobs, there's usually an in-person interview. 
as with COVID, you know, everyone knows usually they're on Zoom or they might just be a phone call. But if they do see you, make sure you have a clean business attire outfit ready to go and play the part. (laughs) Also, (laughs) lastly, I recommend a great read called You Are Accepted, How to Get Accepted into College and Life by Karji Scott. She is an inspiring friend of mine, and that book can give you great insight when it comes to navigating through life. So for more information on that book and on what she's all about, her IG is at Karji Scott, C-A-R-J-I-E-S-C-O-T-T. And also, if you have any other questions, feel free to ask me. I don't know everything, but I do know this whole process all too well, so... (laughs) feel free to DM me about it. Those were excellent points, Cherie, and tips, especially about applying to scholarships because a lot of people don't apply because they feel they're not going to get it. And as a result, not a lot of people end up applying. So get in there while you can, but also be cognizant and keep track of deadlines and stuff. Get the requirements out of the way that you need, like you were saying, Cherie. I would say... Whatever you're applying for, undergraduate, graduate, a job opportunity, make sure that it's something that you want to be doing or something you can see yourself doing and enjoying or being successful at. As far as school, there are many ways to gain education and get ahead in the world. Although I am a strong proponent for higher education, it is not the end-all be-all. But once you do know what you're applying for or wanting to do is something that you are for sure going to pursue, then I would say apply and apply to as many programs as possible as in the realm of undergraduate. Apply to as many schools as you can as is feasible for you just because you, you never know. Like if you limit yourself, maybe there was something out there for you that you could have missed out on. So if it's possible for you, I believe there are also like fee waivers and other like things that can minimize the cost of applications as well. Also be open to rejection because when one door closes, another one opens, and the best is yet to come. I personally hate rejection, as many people do, but there's a lot to be learned from interviewing and applying to different places. You can see how you can improve for your next interview or your next application process. Don't be afraid to ask for help and ask for feedback as well. One thing I'm learning is you have to be persistent sometimes, and that might make you seem like you're being annoying. But I have heard time and time again that pestering people can create some great opportunities. So it kind of shows determination and consistency, but obviously don't go overboard and look crazy. But if you need to, call the jobs where you interviewed or applied, check on your application status, reach out to people on LinkedIn, send follow-up emails like, Do what you need to do to get those opportunities. Excellent tips, guys. Excellent tips. I actually had to answer this question on another podcast that I did for work. I had a lot to say then, but for now, I'll leave my main piece of advice at do not give up. Because despite the challenges you encounter, you will make it through. There are lots of steps, lots of time taken, and... You just really have to keep your end goal in mind, I would say. So keep reminding yourself of that. Also, as we have talked a lot about networking, I think in this episode, I'd like to emphasize again to talk to people and see if you can connect with individuals that can help you achieve your goals. 
it can really make a difference in your experiences overall. In the interview space, kind of like what Sheree was talking about, asking questions really may help alleviate some interview anxiety. That's something that I've dealt with sometimes, a lot of times. (laughs) And so, (laughs) you know, I think that kind of helps you make it feel like you're taking over the interview in a sense, not the whole entire thing, you know, like don't go overboard or act crazy. Once again, like what I just said, (laughs) but... (laughs) It's just like, okay, well, you're able to ask some questions and kind of take more of a leadership role in the interview. Yeah. Rather than just being an applicant. It's like a conversation more. Yeah. So, yeah. And just asking questions in general is not bad. You know, there's no stupid questions. So ask questions and learn about the opportunities you're seeking out. And lastly, be focused and diligent always, if you can. It's hard to always, but... Just keep reminding yourself again of the end goal. So I definitely agree with both of you guys' points. That was very inspiring, very helpful. And this also concludes episode six, making our own opportunities, networking, resumes, and branding yourself. We hope you found these tips helpful and make sure to keep up with us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more to listen in on informative topics. Also, make sure to follow us on IG at For the Record Brand and on Twitter at FTR Brand to keep up with all things For the Record. Thank you for joining and see you next time. Bye. Audi. Bye. Deuces. <laughs>